Welcome to Grace in Public, preaching and teaching in the heartland and all around the world. Well, thank you for joining us. We have a great program ahead. We live our lives based on principles, based on ideas. There are many things we take for granted in life, ways that we think. But one of the things about the Christian life is it's very ordered, it's very logical. And maybe some of us have been brought up in traditions that are not so precept-based, but more faith that's kind of a stepping out into nothingness. But the scriptures are very systematic in the way that they approach truth, and it's line upon line, here a little, there a little. These true biblical principles, they, they're truth, but the application of that truth to our life is so important that they go beyond being concepts and they enter into the realm of life. And this is the desire of God, that we'd be brought beyond what is true, what is actual, into having the ability to apply that truth, that that truth would be resident in us and we'd also be able to apply it. Please enjoy this clip, which deals with this very vital issue. A good illustration of this is right here in Ephesians 3. That you may have the power of Christ and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love, what is the breadth, length, height, and depth of it. There it is. That's a concept. God says, I want you to know, with your knowledge, the length, breadth, and depth, and height of my love. That's just a concept. You could preach it as a doctrine. It's just a concept. Until the Holy Spirit comes into a person's life and gives them a love that goes beyond the concept, which in this case is the knowledge of what it's supposed to do, he gives us a love that passes by the concept and fills us with all the fullness of God. Now it becomes our experience, and it's a principle of life that has tremendous practical value. How many understand this? Relationships that are limited to concepts. The concepts are essential. They're necessary. Let me illustrate it. Here's a person that can't forgive somebody because they committed immorality. Yet the same person has got pornography, sometimes X-rated movies, themselves, but they never went out on their wife. And in one way, they promoted what she did by being a terrible head and making terrible suggestions in the sex bed. How many understand this? She goes out after she gets the wrong initiations from the husband who has not showed her God. And she's not spiritual. And he doesn't help her to become spiritual. She goes out one time with an affair. Then she repents. Really comes to God. The man does not forgive her. Divorces her. What's happened? His Christianity is only a concept. He has a concept of forgiveness. He cannot experience it. His love does not pass beyond a concept. And the concept doesn't forgive her. It just shows him what he ought to do. Can't do it. So if you know what to do and can't do it, it is sin. Concepts are great potential things. But concepts cannot go beyond giving you the knowledge of what can be. You've met people that graduated from Harvard, we have, that went six years to Harvard. 
they came out and they, they couldn't even make a living. They couldn't even make a living anywhere. I'm not blaming Harvard, but all they learned in that Ivy League college was concepts to them. I blame it on them, not Harvard. But they just come out with their head filled with concepts and they're no, practically speaking, they have no value out in making a living in life. Too many people go into business and all they have is concepts. Got to make a million. I'm not against it, folks. I do it with you and you do it with me. I'm not running this down. I'm just saying that more people in this ministry, thank God they try. They got this concept. We're going to make all kinds of money. Sure you are. Sure you are. And they end up worse than they were before they went into business. You know why? There were not enough thorough, deep projections made surveying the business. But there were some. But they couldn't get beyond the concepts of that business. That's why I don't get material of, of successful men. I, I tried it once, put it on my car. Steve, my son, told me about it. Four or five of the big guys can't do it. doesn't mean a thing to me. The basic stuff they say is simple anyway and relative, and it's nothing. it isn't anything very fresh. It's just said cleverly by somebody that's made it. And there's a lot more reasons why he made it that's in that tape, too, about his philosophy and his... And his ideological approach to life. He works hard. He's positive. That's really why he made it. Work, 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 and positive doing it and kept a creative heart. And that's why he made it. But it wasn't because of the things in that tape. What he gives you is concept. Is a concept. And the concept doesn't mean anything. What I'm trying to do with these meetings is impart life to you. God's life. And not pretty phrases. Not a philosophy of enrichment, an ideology of possibilities, but to give you tangibly. Paul said, when I came to you at Thessalonica, I imparted to you my own soul. See, that's a lot more than a message. He meant I gave you life that was in me. Somehow the Spirit of God took that life and imparted it in you. And that goes way beyond a concept. It isn't enough, enough to know the length and breadth and depth and height of God's love. When the test comes and the trial comes, I must experience a love that goes beyond knowledge, a life that goes beyond knowledge. And that's a principle of application. Then God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all I ask or think. That's provision. Watch me carefully as I, as I tie this together. People that live good, sincerely appreciative in concepts. I can't even stand to have my car dirty, by the way, inside. If I look down, it's dirty. I, I like to ride in a clean car, clean in, clean out, put my back out, and think as an executive. Don't take that away from me. I just like that. I function better. I think better. I perform better. I'm more creative. I'm better for God that way. Just call it part of my character, not my desire. Character has so much to do with effectiveness and efficiency. So much that deals with effectiveness and efficiency comes right back to character. That's a message in itself. I'm going to call it Galatians 4.19. Christ be formed in you, and when he is, it produces character. You don't get offended. You don't get condemned. You don't react. You just say, wow, I'm going to be better because of God in me. Well, 
Why is it that I sense that many of us in one area after another have left our concepts as good as they were and brought them into principles of life that give us value? There's one thing we don't want you to do is ever be condemned, no matter if you get convicted. Never, never receive condemnation that's not of God. Just be spirit taught. Just let conviction teach you spiritually, but never with condemnation. Condemnation does not come from God. It comes from your old sin nature, which is trying to ruin your capacity to be spirit taught and spiritually converted in that area of your life. Please always remember that. Our heart is never to condemn you ever. It's never to wound you. It's only to help you. But in order to do that, we've got to be brutally honest about life. The blind spots have to go. See? The concepts have to be recognized as concepts. Thank you for tuning in. If you can, don't forget to send a tax-deductible gift to us. Your generous donation made to our program promotes this broadcast and ones like it going out on the Internet and broadcast on local stations throughout the United States. So please prayerfully consider what you can give. Find out how to give your donation at www.graceandpublic.com Grace doesn't legislate transformation. That is so awesome to understand and there's God is very patient with us and he has us in this process that will transform us over time and this is true in evangelism and it's true in how we live our Christian life and there are spiritual laws and we we deal with these things these different methods of evangelism which are very valid methods um, but they can be concepts, principles, things that we put into practice, expecting a certain result if we do A and then we do B, and then we expect that the next step will be C. But oftentimes that's not the case. Though things follow a logical pro- progression, that the Spirit of God is really moving in the midst of, of us and the people that we're dealing with and the people who are in many different stages of healing and maturity, as well, in their own lives and understanding. And so grace meets people where they're at. Grace is like water. It flows down into the deepest place and deals with the deepest issues of our lives and our walk with God and our relationships with one another. So things like the four spiritual laws on the Roman road when dealing with evangelism, these are potent, awesome truths when they go beyond the concept and they enter into life. Let's take the four spiritual laws, because this is very good, and if you've never heard of this, um, please take note, because this is very important in in evangelism and in speaking to other people about your faith, that you have a grasp of, of these concepts. Hopefully they will go beyond concepts, even in this program. So the first law that's given is that God loves you. That God loves people. He loves us and that he loves the person that we're speaking to. And we can demonstrate this through John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. There we see the love of God, don't we? So this tremendous 
love that God has. That's a great place to start with someone. That's a great place to start in our own lives. And when we hit a difficulty, when we hit a dry time, the love of God, that's the basic understanding that God loves people, that God loves us personally, is so important. It's so vital. Then we would move on to the second spiritual law. Man is sinful and separated from God. Very true. And the doctrine of depravity is extremely important to understand. Not only as an unbeliever in order to be brought to a place to come to a knowledge that of the necessity of salvation, but we ourselves, we understand there is nothing good in us. We are not inherently good. As a matter of fact, we are depraved people apart from God. And if it were not for the sanctification that comes through Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God's working in our lives at the moment of salvation, and then that continual cleansing that happens afterwards, but a switch of identity that certainly takes place at the moment of our salvation, where we were clearly identified with our sin before we were in Christ, after we are in Christ, we never identify ourselves with our sin anymore. Because Jesus has done something. He's taken us out of one kingdom, and we've been placed into the kingdom of his dear son. We've been cleansed, we've been washed, we've been adopted. We are legally adopted as sons of God, but we are also sons by birth, by being born of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. And so the person that we now are is not sinful. Our identity is pure and godly. God never knows us after our sin. That's very important. But the emphasis on this doctrine of depravity and conviction of sin, when this is front-loaded to a person or this is emphasized as, as a method to bring people to a place of salvation, boy, that concept, that concept, if it's not presented correctly to people and if it's not presented correctly in our own lives now as believers, it can drive people away. People will not understand. People will, when confronted with their sin, many times barriers come up, which they will not hear many words that you say after that point because they don't want to know that. that They don't want to be confronted with their sin. So it's important to be spirit-led. That's an important aspect of evangelism. That's an important aspect of our own lives. We're faced with sinful behavior. We sin, but... The difference is we are cleansed. We are cleansed people. It is not our identity. We will sin until God takes us home or we go, we are transformed in that moment, whichever comes first, however that works in our personal history. If we're here for the rapture or if we go home to be with the Lord, uh, then we will no longer sin. We will be in the presence of God. Until then, sinful behavior is a reality that we have to deal with. And the importance is that when when concepts become become life in our experience, then we will have a way of escape and we will have a way of operating with God in purity before him where we don't have to sin. <laughs> and that is important. There is a way to walk godly in this world. So, when it says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that's an important concept. Not only are people personal sinners, but everybody is. We're all in the same boat. That's important. The wages of sin is death. In Romans 6.23, But your iniquities have made a separation between you and God, explained 
in Isaiah 59, verse 2. So the second law, man is sinful, separated from God, and very important. Third, Jesus Christ is the only provision for man's sin. Oh, how important that is. That that go beyond a concept and enter into a deep reality and understanding. Jesus Christ is God's only provision for man's sin. He is the provision given that man might be saved, and he is the provision given to the saved man or woman who is walking in this world. Now that I am saved and spirit-filled, it does not give me some sort of power to live a sinless life aside from God, apart from Jesus Christ. I do not have that ability. And the deception is that we do. That now that we're mature, now that we're spiritual, we should be able to avoid sin. And we can put God on the back burner. God doesn't have to be the center piece. He did. We don't have to have clearly in our vision the author and finisher of our faith. But instead, now we can live somehow have some moral power where we can live a life that's sinless before God without God. And that is a great deception. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. That is before salvation. That is after salvation. That is always. Our relationship with the Trinity is through Jesus Christ. Always. Do we have a very real relationship with the Spirit of God and the Father? Yes, we do. We have that real relationship because of Jesus Christ. Hmm. And to the person who, maybe when we're communicating in evangelism, Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And the fourth spiritual law, we must individually receive Jesus as Savior. John 1.12, but as many as have received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, that believe in his character. Romans 10.9 That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Wow. So we believe in the character of Jesus Christ, his goodness, and we believe in the work that he accomplished on our behalf on the cross, then buried, then rose from the dead. Hmm. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, I never tire of these verses. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Hmm. So good. Wow. We'd love to hear from you, so please go to our website and contact us. The web address is www.graceinpublic.com. So really the question is, will our life, will our understanding go beyond a concept of truth? And will it enter into life, into real application with God? God is creator and maker of all that is has given man the ability to have dominion over his circumstances, over his environment. Yes, there's all kinds of other factors that are going on in the world. There's evil, there's sin, there are, there are the repercussions of other people's behavior, all of the, all of the things that go on in the world. And we may, that victory may not always be apparent in every situation that we're in, but 
God desires that through the scriptural concepts that he's giving us, through clear biblical truth, that we would have a, a clear and objective understanding of God's design of creation, of God's, the reality of the functioning of having a relationship with him and having relationships with others. In the, Through the scriptures, we would know the person of Jesus Christ, that he comes in the volume of the book, and he's manifested to us, and the Spirit of God makes the scripture alive. It's amazing that we can have a clear, warm, amazing relationship with Jesus Christ, though we've never seen him. Is a mystical transaction that God does moment by moment in our lives. There will be one day a great reality where there will be a homecoming and we will see him face to face and those that have gone before us in the faith that we've known and many that we've never known but we've heard about. But we will know them. Now if you have never received Christ as your Savior, you may be a very intellectual person, very scholarly in your understanding, but there are deep, eternal truths that can be yours. There is a person sitting on a throne in heaven who's overcome death, who's overcome sin, who's tasted and paid for all of the things that you cannot even bear to look at about your own life, things that you've done, ways that you are, that are shameful. You are depraved, and you are in need of a Savior. In order to make it in this life, and in order to make it in the life to come, when you breathe your last breath, pray a prayer with me. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I don't want you to be just a concept. I want to have a relationship with you. Scripture says, if I call on the name of the Lord, you'll save me. You'll, you'll make an entrance into my life. You'll begin to enlighten my mind, cleanse my path as I get to know you and I get to know your word. So God, I'm asking you right now, come into my life, save me, cleanse me. Do this, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen.